Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia. This is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. Hello. How come I get second billing? It's called Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. That mother gets called by his Jewish son. I mean, it's, it doesn't, doesn't fit very well. It seems a little, uh, little off. Okay. Um, uh, I know we wanted to talk about a few things. Um, I have a few marks about some stories about, um, you know, you teach piano and way back when you taught piano to somebody who didn't, who their mother and father, they couldn't afford lessons, but you had a tactic to get them to sign up for more <laughs> piano lessons. Here's what happened. Um, the girl, this little girl really enjoyed the piano lessons and was getting a lot out of it. And it's amazing, like some of these kids, when they take piano lessons, it's been proven that music does something for the associative areas of the brain that they actually improve, like music, not just music, but you know, art also, the, for those kids who are inclined more towards art than music, but that the arts in general, art and music does something for the associative areas of the brain that they found children who uh, participate in particularly music, um, do better in other areas of school. And also they do better in you know, hand-eye motor, hand motor coordination. So the mother did not want to give up the piano lesson. She saw her daughter was enjoying it and getting a lot out of it. The father um, felt that it was a luxury that they couldn't afford. Even, and you know the rates that I charge. Yeah. I, I do not charge a They're lot a of steal. money. They're a steal. They're a steal. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe in charging a lot of money because Quite honestly, I know that if I, you know, these families can't afford it. Simple as that. And if a child wants to take lessons, I, I never turn anybody away. I always try to, you know, work out something for somebody. If they can't pay, we'll work out something. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, so the father was insisting, no, 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 that he wanted this little girl to stop her lessons. They can't afford it. It's a luxury. So the mother was, of course, very upset. And, you know, we were wondering what to do. So I had an idea. So I asked the mother, does your husband have a birthday coming up? She said, yeah, in just a few more weeks. I said, good. I said, I'm going to teach your little girl how to play happy birthday on the piano. So I taught this little girl how to play happy birthday on the, on the piano. And I told her, now, here's what you're going to do for your father's birthday. You are going to play happy birthday for him on the piano. And when you are finished, you're going to turn around and say, I love you, daddy. And you're going to run over and give him a big hug and kiss. So a few weeks later, when it was a husband's birthday, after when it was the, a couple lessons later, I asked the mother how it went. <laughs> she said, her husband said, oh, honey, he says, I love that so much. You may take lessons for as long as you like. That's adorable. <laughs> so what, I mean, I guess people will do stuff for money. Like I know when I was a kid growing up, um, I really wanted a Game Boy. I'm not sure we talked about the story, but uh, on on the podcast, but I really I wanted a, so. I really wanted a Game Boy. Uh, you guys couldn't afford it, so I convinced my younger brother to help me uh, raise money. By that, like he would just he would somehow come up with cash, like by asking his friends. I don't know how he did it. But he would come <laughs> up with like you know a twenty dollar bill one time. Like, oh, my, my friend gave it to me. I'm like, okay, already. Uh, but I, I used to sell uh, my lunches, part of my lunches, the, the uh, tradition soups for a buck. <laughs> so then I, I would sell for a buck and we accumulated, we basically got, we raised like 70 bucks. 
and then uh and Anne paid paid for the rest um and which was uh, the game i think was 80 dollars back in the day so that's that's what it was wow, wow. that's a lot it, of money it's a i think i remember I've, i don't know if it was you or one of your siblings and when i found out they were selling their tradition soups i said look i said i pay for these and you're selling them i deserve a cut Oh yeah, I think that was me. I think it was me, but I but I only did it in order to raise the money for uh, for my my video game, um, and that was it. Uh, <laughs> did Did you do anything like that growing up? Did you try to like sell anything? <laughs> A very funny story about that. Um, well, I remember when I was ten years old. Um, there's not too much a ten year old can do, but there was this. Um, college student who was going to University of Maryland who lived around our neighborhood who had a dog. So I knocked at his door and I offered to walk his dog for money. And he paid me $2 for walking his dog. And I brought the dog home and my mother and my sisters, hey, where'd you get the dog? Where's it? I said, I'm, you know, I told them about how I'm, I'm working, walking the dog for this man. But I remember when I was real little, I must've been about six or seven. My father told, told me, um, uh, stories about the famous artist Henri Toulouse-Lautrec and that how he used to sell his paintings on the corner to earn money at first before he became a famous painter. So being inspired, I took some papers and crayons and of course I covered some pictures and I went to the local supermarket. And I stood outside trying to sell my pictures. That's adorable. And this woman gave me, I think, a nickel or 10 cents. And she started to walk away and said, hey, wait, you forgot your picture. And she goes, that's okay, honey, you can keep the picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jeez, uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. But did your sisters do anything like that or, or, or make money somehow, some way? I'm trying to think. Uh... Not that I remember. They might have, and I wasn't aware of it. Well, what? Well, I know you but worked they, out. See, see, my sisters were a little more normal than I was. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think they did anything like that outlandish. You know, like, like, the time, like the time I sneaked into the movie theater when I was seven years old, you know, for that, oh, yeah. watch that stupid movie. Anyway, <laughs> um, but um, I wanted to kind of switch the topic to um, uh, today's activities. I, um, I was cleaning the refrigerators for Pesach. Yeah. And... I just, oh my God, some of these refrigerators to take the shelves off, to clean them around, you know, with all the little crumbs and everything. Okay, taking them out is maybe not so bad. Putting them back in some of these refrigerators, you need a PhD in engineering mm, to mm, figure mm. out how to get these shelves back in. And it's like, you're struggling to get them in, especially when you're trying to attach the cabinet, the little cabinet on the bottom to yeah. the shelf and it's like you can't remember how the shelf went like wait a minute now did the this little this little did this little wheel go on the front or the back what makes more sense what doesn't make sense how did this really fit in and then finally you figure it out and you get it in and then it's time to put it back in the refrigerator and you can't fit it in and you go wait a minute if i was able to get it out I should be able to fit it in. And it's like you spend who knows how long cleaning the refrigerator is one thing, putting it all back in. That's what's time consuming. 
That's that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing. And I also want to talk about where we went tonight for dinner. That uh -huh. was interesting. Okay, what happened was um, that I knew uh, a kosher restaurant opened up around closer to our area where we live in Florida. Um, you know, for years, I mean, the only the, the closest kosher restaurants were like a half an hour away. But one finally opened that was just 10 minutes away, 10, 15 minutes away. And so um, um, me and your sister put it on the GPS. And I'm sure everyone's had this experience, but you put something on the GPS, you follow the directions, and it takes you someplace and it says that you're there, end of route, or one minute walk, or and you're looking and looking and looking and you're driving around. And as you're driving, I keep saying, you know, you're there, you're there, only one minute left, you're there. And you're looking and looking and looking. We could not find this place. We only knew according to the GPS, it was almost on top of us, but we couldn't find it. So your sister on a hunch had an idea. She drove into the next parking lot where we were. And this parking lot was the parking lot to what looked like an abandoned warehouse. And we're looking, I mean, this, thing, this place is deserted. And like I said, it looks like an abandoned warehouse. And according to the GPS, we're here. But where, what in the world, you know, did our GPS do? And finally, we're driving around. We finally see a sign on the end of the block with an arrow with the name of the restaurant pointing and says in the back. We go in the back. We drive around to the back. We couldn't believe the location of this place. You talk about being someplace in like boondockies or whatever, you know. Boondocks, you know. First, boondocks. We, first of all, we see this huge green dumpster. Yeah. And we drive around and the restaurant, the door to the restaurant, the entrance was right next to this huge, smelly, dirty, green dumpster. Wow. And next to the restaurant is, you know, in Florida, we have these canals. Next to the floor is this canal. And next to the canal is where you can park your car. So your sister's driving and I'm telling her, don't go too close to the canal. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid our car is going to go right down into the canal. So we parked the car. And we go into this place, very, very interesting cuisine. It was set up in a way to, remember when you were, when you were a kid and you went around to some of these cute little play cities, these fake cities that were, for, that were designed for children to play with, to yeah. play in, with yeah. the fake stores and the fake signs and the fake street signs and the fake, you know, plastic fruits and vegetables with the fake grocery store that you could pretend that you're shopping. That's exactly what this place looked like on the inside. Wow. Um, so I guess for jobs, what's the worst job you've ever had? <laughs> oh God, that is a good question. Worst job, oh man. Oh, there were so many of them, let me think. <laughs> well, um, the earliest job, earliest worst job. Earliest worst job. Earliest worst job. When, when did you start working think? anyways? When did you start working? Um, you mean a real job job? No, 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 just anything, like like working oh, at, in general. Um, well, I used to do little, you know, chores around the house that my mother would pay me for. 
Okay. And then, of course, it was the, then there was that jo- dog walking job. And then when I, when I hit like around 13, I think when I was 12 or 13, I got my first babysitting job. Oh, babysitting is and when you started doing that was that was terrific. I love I love babysitting. I love kids, and um, I really enjoyed my babysitting jobs. Um, and I, I babysat a lot. Oh, believe me, I babysat a lot all throughout uh, high school. Like, what happened was when I was in high school, um, a lot of my friends were getting jobs in stores, and I was going to all these stores and putting in all these applications, and for some reason I wasn't getting any calls. Quite honestly. Um, I don't know if we ever talked about this in a podcast, but as you know, um, especially during the summertime, I'm, I'm a dark complexioned Caucasian and I can be, mis- I have been mistaken a few times for being biracial. Yeah. Especially during the summertime. And uh, my sister and my sister and I couldn't understand it. My mother couldn't, we, none of us could understand it. How I was, I certainly gave a very nice appearance. I spoke well why I was not being hired. So finally, my mother had an idea and she says, look, she says, you really do well in school and I want you to continue doing well in school. And um, if you would get a, if you were to work part-time at a store, you wouldn't really have time to really study or, you know, also I played violin and I sang, you wouldn't have time and played piano, you wouldn't have time to practice your music. She says, whereas when you babysit, once the kids are in bed, so then you can study, you can practice, you can you know, do all sorts of things. And she felt it would be better for me just to strengthen uh, my babysitting clientele and just work on that. You know, that way, you know, and she said, and I think, and she says, well, you'll see, she says, you'll learn just as much as, as if you were working like two or three days a week at the store. Then many years later, my sister and I were going through um, pictures of ourselves when we were teenagers and we happened to see a picture of me and we looked at each other and our mouths fell open and we go, oh, that's why racial discrimination. Mm. Wow. We saw that picture, we looked at each other, we said, ah, this is why you weren't getting any jobs. Do you have any pictures of you as a kid? I, I, I can't seem to find any. I should, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's this one picture, I think you've probably seen it, of, me and Aunt Dan, she was 13, I was 10. And it was a, in one of these teeny little frames and our pictures were next to each other. But I wanna go back to your first, your first quest, your question about job the and, worst job. Yeah. Uh, working behind that deli counter. Oh yeah, I remember that you that told me, was, we, we talked about this in the podcast, yes. like an episode or two oh, about working yeah. at the deli counter. What you had like a really crooked, it's a really crooked um, owner. Right? Management. Management. Yeah. What well, well, was a? Um, I think it was. Um, it was one of these. Um, I think it was a chain store. Mm-hmm. They're no longer in existence. It was called Pantry Pride, and um, yeah, I mentioned before they want. There were some things that they wanted us to do, which really were totally played wrong. Like they would have a. a um, they would have um, Swiss cheese like two, these two big slabs of Swiss cheese that you slice up. And one said imported, one said domestic. There was no difference. It was really the same cheese. But if the oh, customer asked yeah. for, yeah. If that's for imported, imported, you jack up the price. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Except but, for this one customer who, when yes, I gave Yes, I remember that story. Yeah. 
she threw it back at me. Yeah, and demanded. And she yelled at me. Yeah, and I tried to hint to her that I'm not trying. That hey, this is this is um, you know the same cheese. And so I gave. I said, Madam, I'm going to give you a slice um, from each of these slabs of cheese. You tell me if there's a difference. Do you know she insisted very vehemently that there was a difference? Yeah, because some people just have that in their heads. They mm-hmm. think they want the fanciest, they want the best. They lie to themselves to believe that that's, you know, what they're getting. And that's all. The other thing is mm-hmm. also packaging is a whole big deal. And being told something oh, sure. being, and paying for something versus getting something for free makes you <laughs> feel different. That's, that's also oh. a real difference. Oh, I like getting stuff for free. Maybe uh, I'm different from this. That's why I'm different. Yes, <laughs> like that's why you're different and special and unique. Ah. 100%. But, um, well, I told you that time that I saw something very interesting in the store once that I thought somebody might have been doing a marketing research project. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, the, with did the we, mayonnaise. Yeah, the mayonnaise. I remember that story. Did we talk about it on the podcast? I think we I did. I don't know if we did or not, but I'll repeat it in case people are just you know tuning in for the first time. I guess. Um, okay, there was a display of mayonnaise. One side of the display of mayonnaise said a Miracle Whip, and it was like 20 cents more. The other side of the display had a very plain wrapper around the jar of mayonnaise that read imitation mayonnaise. And one by one, I saw people walking over, picking up the imitation mayonnaise, making a face, putting it back down and grabbing the Kraft's Miracle Whip. So I was curious, I walked over and I, of course I picked up the two jars of mayonnaise and turned it around to the ingredients. Yep, exact same ingredients. No different. I I, actually, because of that, I look at ingredients nowadays and when like I'm looking at like the difference between, you know, different kinds of mustard and things like that, you really, you really notice a difference where it's like, they're just a jacked up price when it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes the, um, even the medicines, like um, my, I picked up these eye drops. I used to buy these like name brand eye drops because my eye doctor recommended them. And then I was curious about the more generic uh, type. And so I, like I said, I, com- I compared the, um, you wouldn't say, ing- how would you say, you wouldn't want to say ingredients when you're kind of, kind of talking about medicine. What would you say? Um, For the, medicine. Yeah, the ingredients. I think the ingredients. ingredients. I don't know about ingredients, but you know, the, the chemical composition. I would use, it's got to be a medical term for it, but um. Anyway, and yeah, it was the exact same, the, ex- the exact same uh, solution. It, only one was a few dollars more. Yeah. Like, like three or four dollars more. So, wh- so when did you start working for, um, when did you start working for, uh, for Burger King, right? Oh yeah, that was, um, that was my, actually that was my first job right out of high school. And you enjoyed it? okay it was um it was okay it was you know whenever you're working in the food industry the food industry is is always very the food industry is not a cinderella job no i work in the food Um, industry i understand yeah yeah it's messy you get get messy you know it's um you um i remember my mother when i would come home from burger king um my mother would say to me go take off your uniform put your uniform in the wash and take a shower before i eat you because i smell (laughs) from the hamburgers (laughs) But I remember, I want to go back to the pantry bride. Um, Another thing that they wanted to do was they wanted me to take the ends and sneak a little bit of the end into the regular cut of meat, kind of deli. 
And one of the managers was showing me how to do it, how you hold it by your side and you cover it with your hand. You make sure they don't see it. You know, I said to them, I said, don't even show me because I'm not going to do it. And I walked away. Oh, wow. Now, I, so I was going to say, because I remember working for a catering company here in Baltimore and it was great. I loved working for them. It was just like me and all my friends would like, would be working for them. We pull long hours. It would be like from seven in the morning to one o'clock at night. Uh, okay. We'd be on our feet the whole time, but oh, it was great. Right. I loved mm -hmm. it. It was just a lot of fun, a lot of good people. Um, and it just, there was, there was a fun to catering that I, that I really enjoyed there. Actually, you learned a lot of these tips and tricks and how to make things look nice and fancy. You know, certain, certain, uh, certain workers were able to be like all, you know, set up the tables and make them all nice and, and flowery and whatnot. Um, it was a good experience. It was a good learning experience. I, and that what's funny is that Tati didn't want me to start working actually, because he started working, I think at the age in second, he started working at his father's shop in second grade. Mm -hmm. And he didn't like that experience. So he didn't want us to have that experience. Um, but what happened was, was that my younger brother, I wanted to work, I wanted to work with this catering company. And Tati said no. And then my younger brother got a job at another catering company um, that hired him. And I'm like, that's not fair that he gets hired and I don't. Mm, um, and the I whole joke was, was, was that Tati had no idea that they were going to hire him. Um, <laughs> they, they didn't realize because because he was, I think, 12 at the time. I think I, I was 16 mm -hmm. and they he, hired. I don't think he could have been sure 12 because um, I don't think they're allowed to hire anybody younger than 14. Well, that was the whole point. This, this, uh -huh. the, uh, the other the other catering company that that he was working for was kind of on the cheap side. And they and <laughs> so they that 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 was the whole point. And then I, I was all up in arms. And whatnot um uh -huh. and then that's when i was able to start working for this other catering company um, i think a lot has to do with the um with the work environment the people you're working with the boss you know um our our managers at this particular store i don't know the, the managers were they were really unreasonable they really were they they were um they were, they were kind of nasty no way and, did you make um, any friends though when you were working at like burger king or anything like that like just for, just for those short moments. Well, I no, not really. Well, I, I had a couple friends. I had a couple not friends, but I had a couple like people who I went to high school with who also who also worked there. As far as like friends, friends go, yeah. As far as uh, friends, friends working at Berkeley, and I never made me like real. Well, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about super, super close, oh. like you know, uh -huh. sharing blood kind of thing. I'm talking about you're friendly. You have, you have some inside jokes. You talk about different things. You chit chat. And we got, yeah. Um, I guess, well, I got, I got on pretty well with um, most, you know, with the, most of the people there. Some of them were very interesting. There was, um, there was um, one girl there who, she was only, my goodness, she was like 16, 17 years old, something like that. Um, uh, her, this was, this was a, um, a non-Jewish girl from, you know, like we would say, in Yiddish, they called Presta, Presta Goyim. Um, you know, somebody from like low socioeconomic, you know, <laughs> place, you might say. And um, her mother threw her out of the house. Just, just like that, just goodbye. 
And so this girl was kind of left to fend for herself and she got this job at Burger King. And she was one of these real, like tough cookies. Yeah. You know, like um, uh, she was trying to show me how to use the, um, the milkshake um, how gizmo that goes around and around and around real fast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to tell you what happened the first time I used it. it everything exploded <laughs> and it's all over the place. Giant mess. Oh, you know, I, the way that you have to use it is you have to put it in like, like little by little, gradually, gradually, and then speed it up more and more. I turned the thing on, stuck the cup right in under it, and I was totally covered with, uh, with, strawberry, uh, with strawberry milkshake and she looks at me and she just looks at me and yells, what are you glued? Go to the bathroom and wash off. Oh, geez. <laughs> and so, you, you wouldn't believe that what she used to like to do for fun during like when there were, when there were no customers and, yeah, we, and do. business was slow. <laughs> she used to like to make whoppers and then weigh them on the scale to kind of like a competition with herself to see each time if she could make a whopper that was that weighed more and more and more and more. And she would, you know, add more pickles, add more ketchup, add more this, but, you know, and, and wrap them up and then put them on the scale. Oh, good. That, like, that was, uh, like, that was, that was uh, five ounces. I'm going to go for another one for six ounces now. <laughs> That's awesome. She would do that for fun. That's hilarious. All right. Well, thank you so much, Yuma. Um, and that is our time. Hey, sweetheart. Okay. And, um, you have a meal kosher for the Pesach. Yeah, you too. So doing, have a great have a have a very happy. How can I tell you have a have have fun at the seder? Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun. Um, fun at the seder. Do you oh, do you remember those little toys they came up with with the seder for kids, where there were little plastic frogs and there were these little um, ping pong balls for hail that the kids could throw at the table at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember those. It was the ten mark because they were fun. Yeah, that was okay. actually really enjoyable. Arnie, I love you. Love you, honey. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I know you would like it, and my mother would too. <laughs>